0: the Conversations with Christian's podcast. almost
1: said seven-minute theologian.
0: I almost said seven-minute theologian, but today we get to chat a little bit longer than seven minutes, which I'm super pumped about because, you know, those seven minutes, it's good to stay confined to minutes, and I think we've been doing a good job, but today... We um, we battle, though. We battle. We battle because we always have more to say. We always (laughs) have more to say. So uh, I'm Luke Calvert. I'm joined uh, by Mitch Green today. And we're talking about the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the reason we're talking about the Apostles' Creed today is because this is f- these conversations that we're going to have over the next six, seven weeks are going to flow straight from our Foundations course. Um, so, Once again, if you have not uh, jumped in or signed up for the foundations course, head over to conversationswithchristians.com, and you can sign up immediately right there for the conversations uh, that we're having around the foundations of the faith. Um, So uh, we're actually going to probably have our first group uh, meeting next week. So uh, we've got a group of guys that are going to get together and Mitch yeah. and I are going to help lead discussion over, over a Zoom call. So it's just things like that, different pockets where you can begin to see if you, if you want to learn how to teach the foundations, if you want to learn more uh, for yourself in terms of the foundations of the faith. And so Mitch, give us real quick a real quick overview. What are the, what are the topics we're going to be covering uh, in the foundation's course?
1: we got Bible. we got God. We've got gospel. We've got us, our human identity. We've got the Christian mission, and then we're going to talk about the end, heaven, the end, End all things. So, yeah, so we're going to do six weeks of that. It's going to be super fun. Again, we are officially calling next week the launch for the class. So if you're someone that's doing it on your own or you're doing it with somebody, start doing those videos next week. And we will make sure that they're all there over the next seven weeks. So they will all be done by the end. Right now there's about half of them there, which has been super fun. But yeah, we've done so much. I mean, last time you guys heard from us, we told you we launched a website, but we really launched a website Mm -hmm. in that window. We were launching this foundations class. It's been fun. We've got some other exciting things. And so, yeah. So what are we talking about today?
0: Yeah. So today, the very first thing we're going to talk about, and we'll mention this in our first uh, lesson, our first course, uh, is the Apostles' Creed. And why, why we're going to be doing the Apostles' Creed, Mitch will, be, Mitch will explain that a little bit later. But the first thing I want to do is actually read the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and then we'll talk about why it's so important and why it's foundational. Uh, so the Apostles' Creed is this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under, under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of the sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So, Mitch, why do we start uh, our course, and why do we want to talk today about the Apostles' Creed?
1: Yeah, so again, we're talking about the things that are um, foundational to the Christian faith. I think it's important, you know, um, the Bible is our ultimate authority. The Creed is not Scripture. But what the Creed is, it is a statement of beliefs that all Christians have had for all time. The Apostles' Creed is one of the earliest creeds. Um, let's just start base level. What is a creed? A creed is something that um, a group of people write together that is a statement about what do they collectively believe. So they all agree upon these things. They read them out loud. They write songs to them. Um, They're saying, these are the things that we all believe and we want to state these things. So at a point in time in the church, very early on in the church, I mean, literally probably 70, 80 years after Christ's death, The church began to say, what are all the things that we believe? We have all these letters. We have all these writings. Let's collectively say, what does it mean to be Christian? When We can disagree upon some things, but what are the things that we have to agree upon? Mm -hmm. And the Apostles' Creed is the earliest version of this. And so I think it's really important because one of the questions we're trying to ask here, again, a lot of us already are believers, but some of us who are involved, I mean, we know you have like real questions. Like maybe you went to church and you stopped you're coming back to church, you're considering exploring church. We're wanting to say, okay, let's tell you what you're actually stepping into if you're saying, I That's want to right. be a Christian. So we want to begin the very big beginning by saying, well, what are the things that all Christians believe? Not the things that you know Luke may emphasize or I may emphasize or your church may emphasize. What are the things that all Christians have believed? Mm-hmm. And then we can start to work out our differences in the things that we think are more, more nuanced. So again, Apostles' Creed, very early document in the history of the church saying this is what it means to be Christian. And so we wanted to start there and actually kind of pull our teaching out of it. Because, again, we want you to have something to draw back to when someone says, you know, what, what am I signing up for? Right. Like, you may walk into a church, you know, and you saw something and you're like, I'm not signing up for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Okay. Because right. what you're really signing up for is what's contained in the statement of beliefs. Now, there are some questions and some working out, and I think that's what we're going to do for the rest yep. of the time is to say, okay – What are the question marks in here? What is this thing actually saying? With the hope, again, of saying this is what it means to be Christian, that I adopt these principles that are mentioned in this creed. The creed doesn't make you Christian. It's merely a reflection of the truths in the Bible. Matt Chandler says it like this. He says that the Bible is the sun and the creed is the moon. The creed has no power apart from the sun. Mm -hmm. It merely is reflecting the work of the sun. So, again, we're looking at the creed. Um, to, to pull these principles out, I think it is a little bit tactful on our part too, because if you're someone that you're not a Christian, maybe you've questioned the authority of Scripture, and we've not gotten to the point yet to talk about the authority of Scripture. So we're just saying, hey, this is what Christians believe. Right. And then we'll work it out from there.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think sometimes uh, the Gospels assumed... The gospel message is assumed or, or, or maybe things that you think you know about Jesus or the Father or the Spirit or just faith in general are assumed. And so we, want, we, we don't want to assume anything. We just want to walk through what the foundations of our faith are. Are and then we can begin to go and go d- and dive a little bit deeper. Oh, man,
1: we're about to get off on a tangent, but I think we should because that's really good. I think what you're saying there, for my interpretation with this, when you say the gospel's assumed, is you're saying that sometimes we assume that we know the gospel mm-hmm. and we've bought into this yeah. and we've been involved with this this discipline of church. But when we really get down to say, what do we believe? Well, we may not have an answer. Yep. And I think that's a real struggle here. So what we're saying is, um. And we come with a million reasons why. I mean, think about the way that we've been taught to share our testimonies in the church. Yeah. What was my life like before Christ? What was my life? What did God do to change my life radically? And now, what's my life like after Christ? Okay, but what did what did Jesus actually do? Yeah. Like, how does He have the power to do those things? Well, and then where's if, the
0: authority? Yeah. And then and then if maybe you're someone listening and you hear Mitch say that, and then you begin to think about what your testimony is, and you're like, wait a minute, I don't have a radical testimony. Uh, maybe my testimony is not that great. Well, am I a believer? I'm not sure. Wait a minute. Uh, I I. I've been a Christian in my life I don't know no the testimony is not asking what 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 changed necessarily for you but who changed it yeah. and who who are you doing the changing for and the testimony of Jesus Christ will go a lot farther than the testimony of Mitch Green or Luke Calvert well
1: and I think I think what's important to note there again we're getting a little sidetracked but hey we got more time than seven minutes right. so it's okay. You know, a testimony is a statement about what God has done for you. That's right. So that is true to what someone is doing in that scenario, but that's not actually the testimony of the gospel. So again, what happens is if your entire testimony is built around your personal experience, good or bad, whatever's happened in your life, you're going to walk into a classroom one day, which is what happens to many people. um, Both of us, you know, you being a current student pastor, me being a student pastor, they walk in a classroom and someone starts to say, did you know that Jesus was this? Did you know that Christians did this? Do you know that this is what, that part, that's not true. Did you know there was this many more books? And what you start to do is you go, whoa, I have no foundation for the things that I believe other than my experience. That's right. So again, Christianity is a knowledge tradition in the sense that there are certain things that we believe that are foundational to how we live out our faith. It is completely something that's experienced. But again, we have to understand what are the foundational things that we believe Mm -hmm before we can ever set pace. So again, lays the groundwork for our foundations discussion, but it's also important for when somebody says, okay, what do I believe? You can go,
0: Hey, here's what all Christians believe. Right. And I think that, uh, to start with that Christianity is inherently Trinitarian. I want to start with that. And the apostle creed makes that very, very clear, but, uh, the, the Christian faith is Trinitarian by nature. It is father, son, and spirit, the three persons of the Godhead, right? So, uh, Jesus The Father and the Spirit, all three in one is what makes up the Christian God, right? That that when we, we say God, we're talking about three in one. And the Apostles' Creed starts like this.
1: Well, it's blocked in those three sections. Yeah. Before we even get to reading right. it, the first section is about Jesus. Or no, the first God. section is about the Father. Sorry. Yep. The second section is about Jesus, and, and the, the third section is about, section the, is about, the, about the Holy Spirit. Or about the Spirit. Right? Yeah. That's right. so, got- so again, it's 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 laid out with this structure of wanting us to believe from the very beginning yep. that we believe in this Trinity.
0: And, and and I know we get into this and but the you know, well, this is the only thing I'll say about this, but the Christian faith is unique in this way. Every other God or every other, or other, every other religion is either millions of gods, a lot of gods, or just one God. And our God, ours is neither. Ours is, we are, we, we are, we do believe in one God, but our one God is made up of three persons right the three persons of the trinity like i just explained so it's not one god you know maybe like allah or it's not thousands of gods like old you know greek mythology or whatever but our god is one in three that it exists in community before before creation, in creation, in post this world, this creation, into the new heavens and the new earth. So that's not what this is about, but... Yeah, hey, you're getting into God Week. We'll talk about this yeah, in two weeks. We'll talk about this in, uh, in one of our lessons. So let's start with the Apostles' Creed. So the beginning says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Mitch, why does uh, the Apostles' Creed start with speaking about the God, the Father?
1: Well, I mean, the first statement is, I believe... So, so this is a statement about the things that all Christians believe. Again, imagining mm. people in a group proclaiming this together, chanting it, whatever your imagination. Not in some creepy chant, but they're just reading it together. Yeah. So you're saying, these are the things I believe. And the first thing you say is that you believe in God. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that separates you from a large percentage of people in the world, That's as right. you were alluding to. Not only those who are of faith. But um, this, is of the, this is talking to those, you know, who are outside the faith who yep. make clear statements that there are no gods. Mm-hmm. So now, again, while the Creed describes the three persons of the Trinity, from the very beginning, it is a statement of saying that I believe in God. Right. And now it's going to tell you, okay,
0: who, are who is God? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so he begins with the Father Almighty, uh, who I like to explain the Father as the lover, right? The lover and the sender. Uh, so the Father... The Almighty, beginning with him, is the creator of heaven and earth, it says. And it's beginning because the Father uh, is the creator, is the, is the sender, uh, which we'll see just next line uh, is speaking of the Son. So he says creator of heaven and earth. And, Mitch, you just stop me whenever you want time. Well, it's super
1: important there. even just to pause there. So the creator God, to reference God as the creator, um, and we'll get into this more later, but, you know, God is the creator of us. God is the creator of all things. Uh, there is not a single creator book of the entire Bible that does not reference God as creator. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that literally doesn't speak with calling God, the father, the creator, not a single book of the entire Bible.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, so we begin with the understanding of God as creator over all things. Then he walks in, uh, the very next line is, and in Jesus Christ. So we uh, begin with, I believe you could do it with every line. So, and then I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, speaking of the father, Our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and was crucified. So all of a sudden, he begins to chronologically... This be- the, the creed begins to walk through Jesus' life and his Absolutely. testimony. That's why it's imperative that we know the story of Jesus Christ because when I ascribe to Christianity and say this was my faith, this is what I'm putting my hope and trust in, I ought to know what I am believing in. And that's exactly why we're walking through the creed. I believe in the Creator. I believe in the Father. That's not to say that Jesus is not and the Holy Spirit is not Creator because they are. But the, the very characteristics of the Godhead, of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, are imperative that we know them so we can begin to, with clarity, explain who they are.
1: Yeah, so I think it's important here to stop and to think about the historical components of this. Um, the first thing is, you know, we, ha- we sometimes question certain things in Scripture because they don't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's important to look at the Scripture itself and look at the passages around it and be discerning. That's probably step one. But one of the second steps is to look at the history of the church and what do they believe. Mm -hmm. Well, we see a proclaim here from very early on in the history of the church. Again, adopted by the church in 300 AD, uniformed by everyone, to say that, you know, born of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. So again, when we start to question these things like this, we go, well, again, if I'm going to go against the teachings of the early church— That's scary water. I mean, again, the early church, they believed this very early on. It didn't come up 500 years later and someone had a good idea to make the story better. Early on in the history of the church, they believed these things. The other thing that I think is really important here is to look at the language of Jesus described as our Lord Mm -hmm. in the very beginning. Well, when would this have been written? This would have been written in the time of there being um, emperors. There would have been, you know, not... Caesar, in not in the way we think about it, but there would have been leaders that were literally over society. So this is a proclamation that Jesus is our ultimate Lord. That's right. Jesus is our ultimate authority. So within its historical context, um, I mean, this, there's some powerful statements here. Mm. Also, you do an awesome job in the gospel video, mm-hmm. which is like the last one we just shot. But this, this is where the creed gets really cool because you see where it's derived from scripture. Mm. I mean, this is almost in order... Straight from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, mm-hmm. which you, you kind of dive through. But yep. it's like it's a very clear picture of here's the historical context of what happened with Jesus. Yep. yep.
0: And I, I, think, I think a cool thing, is we're, 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 we're talking a lot about the creeds, but we're also talking a lot about God. So that, yeah. that's always a good topic. Uh, when you talk about God, uh, it's like you're taking, I want you to imagine you take a uh, laser beam. And you, you cast a laser beam back through history. And if you go to the Scriptures and you cast that laser beam back through the Scriptures, God is revealing himself as Father, as Son, as Spirit over time in the Scriptures. So we know these things are true because of the Scriptures, because the Scripture brings out the Father, the Almighty. The, 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 the Scriptures bring out this Jesus, the Lord, and the Spirit of God. As well, And so we, when we cast that laser beam back, back through the Scriptures, we begin to see how God has revealed Himself to us. So I can say that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ was born of a Virgin Mary, that Jesus Christ was crucified, that Jesus Christ descended, that Jesus Christ will then ascend. I can say all these true things about Jesus because of the Scriptures, because of what, of, of what the Bible says about Jesus, what the Bible says about the Father, and what the Bible says about this, the Spirit.
1: Well, and I think, Luke, that's really important to note. I'm loving this. That we get more than seven minutes mm-hmm. here, but that's really important to note because we know so many of you guys that are working through this, you are either not a Christian or you're exploring Christianity. So we can read some of these phrases, Luke and I as believers, and we can go, yes, this is what this says. This is what this means. This is why it's true. This is why we believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is also why we're going to take basically every point we make today. We're going to walk through for an entire week, right? Because Because we know that we know that for many of you, you can't just accept it at the face value Mm -hmm. that we're presenting it now. So I think it's really important, like you said, we see all these things in scripture. So we're alluding to some of these things, but if there's a question mark in your mind, just like ask us. Send us a message or assume we're gonna probably talk about it over the next seven
0: weeks. So then it says he descended into hell. We'll get back to that. And on the third day he rose again from the dead. He then ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. Now, I have a couple of things I really want to talk about. What does it mean? What do we think it means when it says that Jesus died, descended to hell, and then he would then ascend into heaven after he was resurrected?
1: Yeah, so this is... um one of the bigger questions that comes up in the creed why is this there?
0: <laughs> this is when we soften our voice because this is likely controversial. <laughs>
1: well, well, no, I would say, I would say that, um,
0: not the fact that it happened, but the
1: Bible talks about this, yes. So, so that's one aspect of it, that's why it's mm-hmm. in the creed. The, the Bible literally talks about these events. What the Bible does not talk about is what was Jesus doing at those events, right? So, is Jesus ministering to all those in hell, giving them an opportunity to leave? Um, what it also is talking about is it's there's one interpretation that would say that this is simply put to say that Jesus actually died. So there's some um, that would believe that would say Jesus like hung on a cross, got beat to almost death, laid in his tomb, but never really died and got away. Well, this is like the other hammer, excuse the pun, mm-hmm. in the nail to say. That Jesus literally died. Mm -hmm. So I think there's one part that we accept from the very beginning that we're going, yeah, Jesus actually died and Jesus actually rose. Mm -hmm. Again, there are some people that they profess to be Christian and they don't accept these that to be true, to be factual. And if that's, I would say again, we're not going to. We're so far from drawing lines in any of this teaching that is one spot where we would draw a line, Mm -hmm. where we would say, okay, once we start to say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Jesus didn't die.
0: Why is it so important that Jesus the 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 body died. Heartbeat stopped. Why? Yeah,
1: well well again I think I think if Jesus didn't pay the penalty of death, then did he pay the penalty for our sins? Exactly. So so do we do we experience so it's it's exactly. essential. Now some people would say that's not the case, but again, I think once that que- that is one of the few questions you'll probably hear talk about, maybe even the only one. Right. Jesus that had, we will say that like that is a foundational belief right. of being Christian. Once we Jesus. move away from that theology of um, the crucifixion, Jesus' death, the fact that he was risen, mm-hmm. we've moved away from Christian theology. Right. So again, so so simplify it for you. First thing that's important to know is that Jesus actually died. He died, died mm-hmm. is what it's saying. Yeah. The second thing is that the Bible does teach that he descended into hell. Mm-hmm. What happened there, that's where the questions are right. raised. So right. there's not there's not a lot of answers around that, and I would hate for us to get hung up on that, yeah. but it's it's in the creed, again, I think the main purpose in the creed is to be symbolic of the fact that he actually died, died. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is, that is a biblical teaching. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And then I think that's good. And then, uh, it, next it says, uh, on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Now I'm going to stop us there. This is, uh, imperative. If Jesus does not rise from the dead, then we aren't here talking about Jesus. If he stayed in his, his tomb for the rest of his life and for eternity, we're not here celebrating that we're Christians because we wouldn't be Christians because Jesus wouldn't have come and did what he said he was going to do. Same with the crux of the entire uh, scriptures. The, the very crux, the very middle point of the very scriptures is that Jesus died and rose again. He died for and and he took the sin upon his back and that he then rose again. He rose again three days later to defeat death and put death for those who believe in him gone forever. So what's important is that the the Bible in the Old Testament is speaking about the Messiah to come and to do what he said he would do. And then when Jesus comes, he dies and he he, he literally raises from the dead defeating all those things. So this has to happen, or our Lord Jesus doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, Jesus's teachings are foundational and are very important, but what's more, even more important is the work of the ministry that he did through his body, mm. I mean, through being God here on earth. And so what I mean by that is, historical context again, there are many people going around proclaiming messages, giving teaching at this time of day, none of them that really raised to the following of Jesus, other than probably John the Baptist, mm-hmm. who points towards Jesus. Right. But there are other people who are around who are giving teachings and giving things like this. But the fact of the matter is that none of them died, rose from the dead, yep. and then started a movement um, that is that was completely based off of the action that they did, which clarified him as the Messiah, which made him God. So if none of those things happened, he would literally be the drop in a bucket Mm -hmm. of a long list of teachers that are giving information to people in crowds. Right,
0: And then it goes on to say he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And then the next couple words are so important. Listen to this. So he's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will. Those are the words it says after that. From there... He will come to judge. That means right now, what Jesus has done is died, rose again, 40 days later, ascended to be seated at the right hand of the Almighty God, the Father, and he's still there. That's where Jesus is now. What is Jesus doing right now? And I think this is important, and this is fun to think about. What Jesus is doing right now is praying on the behalf of his people, that he is praying for you to the Father. Think about this. He's our advocate in the way. The Spirit is known as the advocate as the one who bears witness to the Son. The Son is the advocate as he prays for those who will either know him in the future or know him now. And so this is super fun to think about that the, the Son is seated next to the Father Almighty and will one day get off his seat once again and come to, uh, to, to collect his people.
1: Luke, I think that's I think that's really cool. I don't think I've ever read the creed read the creed and thought about that component of him sitting next to God. I think mm. I think we have a tendency to move so quickly to the judgment aspect of what he's doing, mm. but you're also what you're saying there is that Jesus is sitting as judge yep. of the living and the dead as their advocate. Yep. So he think about so that. so he yeah. died for them, mm-hmm. but he's also the one who's sitting next to God, who's already judged. Right. So, so now we've kind of, ex- we've heard this historical component to who the son is, yeah. but now we're also seeing the authority that he has, yep. the authority that he already had, but we're seeing it through the lens of what he did here on earth do, for do, us. Do you see... Do That's you, a mic drop, Yes. kaboom do, moment. Yeah.
0: Do you see the tender touch of the saving son who came to die three days later, rise again, and then... On the other hand, you see the wrath, the hammer of God as well, because He is both a just and merciful God. Yeah. No one, you don't want a not merciful and just a just God, and you don't want a just, completely you know wrathful, but no mercy either. Yeah, right. You you don't want that in your God. You want your God that, that uh, God who's Lord over all. Who has conditions? He loves us. uh, He brings the soft touch of the love of the Son, and he also brings the judgment.
1: Yeah, so he has the authority to judge, but he but he also extends grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. So I want I want to dig onto that into that just for one second. Yeah, go for it. Because if someone is asking the question that you just said, which I think most of us like, you'll hear a lot of people say that like. Who's God to judge? Why mm-hmm. would, why would I want to judge? Why oh, yeah. would I want, but I really think you do yeah. like, like I really oh, yeah. think if you ask yourself, you say, okay, I look at what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I look at the racism. I look at the murderers. I look at the unjust killings. Right. I look at, I look at not even being able to have an election that we can 100% think is fair or true. I'm trying to be on every side of the aisle sure. for everyone here. I'm looking at all these things. I'm seeing them. And what do I want to actually happen? I want justice. Mm -hmm. I want it to be done right. Right. I want a world where those things don't exist. Well, guess what? That's the world that we're offered in eternity through Christ. And so we want God to be judged. Everybody wants a judge Mm -hmm. because everybody wants things to be just. Everybody wants things things to be be right. right. Nobody doesn't. Now, they may say that, oh, I don't want this person to judge me. But guess what? What's really happening is there's a transcendent God of the universe with the authority Mm -hmm. to judge who's outside of our world, who's Mm -hmm. looking in and saying, hey, here is what is right, here's authority, and I'm offering you an eternity yep. in that world. So I don't, no, I mean, we right. could talk about that for hours. Sure, but.
0: sure, but, but you got to, so so we've worked through the Lord.
1: You come across that word judge, and, yeah. and that, that should be the backdrop in right. our mind.
0: We've worked through the Lord, we've worked through the Creator right so we know that it, we'll close the Jesus Jesus's part where it says from there he will come to judge the living and the dead that's where you know the res, that's why it's so important that Jesus is resurrected because he is emulating what his people will do one day which is rise from the dead it's amazing it's so beautiful that he is literally the per, you know we talked about we always talked about Jesus as the perfect example well you know what Jesus died and he rose again just like you and I if we believe and put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ we will too die, and we will too rise again from the dead mm-hmm. for eternity. I mean, the, the, it doesn't get any better than that. If you're some, if you're listening to this right now and you don't have hope, if you don't, can't have a hard time finding joy, your hope and your joy is in Jesus. My hope, it's my hope, and my joy is in Jesus. And I get to to enjoy the things of this world because the creator of God has made me to enjoy the things in which he is created. But the creator and creature distinction has to be made. I'm a creature. I don't make the decisions. I just look to the creator and I say, praise you for who you are. You're so good as father. You're so good as Lord. And you're so good as spirit. And so So
1: let's move into spirit. And so
0: the spirit part says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic Church which you can just I like to replace the word Catholic there with universal because yeah what that's all saying. it means yeah it, we're not
1: we're not replacing it in the sense of like it's we're not, not talking about the Roman Catholic Church
0: Exactly it, the Holy Catholic Church means the Holy Universal Church, the the big sea church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and that's why I said that part I was a little premature there but the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen so uh, what is it what is he saying what what here is it saying about the, the spirit
1: well again it's it doesn't say a whole lot it says I believe in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. which again I think is foundational Christians um, Christians believe a lot of different things about the Holy Spirit and there are many people that are in my life that believe things about the Holy Spirit that I don't believe to be true yep. I think where we break the foundational line on both sides is one is where we don't have any belief about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So in some scenarios, um, it's Father, Son, Holy, Holy Bible. Bible. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any sort of... And what we're doing is we're denying the power that we have in the Spirit. So mm-hmm. there's one aspect. Then there also can be attention to overemphasize the Spirit. We, are, again, are not really t- going to talk about it much. What we're going to say is that the whole, Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. He's a third person of the Godhead. So He's important. He's something that we have access to. Um, but again, we're trying to stay... Within the line of what do all Christians believe for all time, yeah. and it's that the Holy Spirit's a person. Yeah. Um, now there's been different movements of the church where sometimes it seemed like they didn't believe the Holy Spirit was real at all. Yeah. And there's been times where they think the Holy Spirit's the only person <laughs> of yeah. the Godhead.
0: Yeah, I, I just want to talk. I want, I do want to speak into this just a little bit. It's in, it's so important that. Uh, we see the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. Yeah. Just as the Son is a person of the Trinity and the Father is a person of the Trinity and they all three play really important roles. It has to be that way. The Spirit, I've heard in other camps and other beliefs and other you know, small Christian pockets, the Spirit is like the love between the Father and the Son and you get more of it, like an energy that flows through you. That's not it. That's not it. The Father is a person of the Trinity. The Son is a person of the Trinity, and so is the Spirit. And and the main role uh, of the Spirit is to bear witness to the Son. So, what does He do now? He bears witness that the Son is who He says He is. So, why do I have the power to believe in Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, and believe in the Father who sent the Son? Well, I do because the Father and the Son. Sent the Spirit so that I might have the power to believe.
1: Yeah, so it's it's not it's not the force. Yep. That's I think no, I think that's exactly, what you're saying. Exactly. Is that we drift in this idea it is the third person of the Trinity. That's yep. a foundational thing of Christian belief. So, mm-hmm. again, it's important that we understand it as such, and, and they, that we don't minimize. Yep. And we don't make it something that it's totally exactly. Not.
0: And I think, th- yeah, we can get in real quick hot water when we talk about the Spirit because you know miracles and all sorts of things the main thing we want to know about the spirit is that he's the third person in the trinity and that he comes to bear witness about the father and about the son and what he did with the, what the spirit the, the son came died and rose again and then promises the spirit and when he promises the spirit, he promises that he'll be an advocate to the father, which is what Jesus is doing too.
1: Yeah. Which is something that I think I assume. I think I assume that we will have some friends on different aspects of these and these lessons where they're going to say, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you, why didn't you dig more into that point on both sides of the mm. theological spectrum or all? I act like there's two sides on all sides of the theological spectrum. Again, We're trying to talk about the things that are foundational. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're someone that you've rubbed against some teaching that you don't really understand it, well, ask us. We'd love to talk to you about it. But we also want to make sure that the message that we're presenting is we're saying, hey, let's talk about the essential things and That's what it right. means to be the Christian faith, only for this next seven weeks. That's right. We'll be more willing, I think, after this to dive 100%. into some hot waters on some subjects. But this next seven weeks, yes. we want to lay a foundation.
0: I, I want you to know, uh, to wrap this thing up today, is that I want you to know, as a believer in Jesus, what, I, what, what we need to know, what the, what are the bare bones that we need to know, is that uh, we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, just as in Matthew 28, it says, uh, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the, the triune nature of God and that we can and now understand how we are to uh, to reflect the love of the Father to the Son and with, and with the Spirit. So uh, the reason we understand uh, the Apostles' Creed and we want you to know the Apostles' Creed is because we want you to be able to share your te- the testimony of Jesus, the testimony that Jesus came and did what he said he would and that there's power behind the name of Jesus. There's power behind the Creator, right? Everything that I see my worldview through through has to go through that God is creator that I am not right. That I, There's this creature, creator, uh, uh, creator, creature, sorry, uh, distinction. And if I can understand that there's a distinction there, my testimony, right, is that the Lord Jesus Christ is who yeah. says he is. Yeah.
1: There's a redeemer. There's yeah. a judge. Yep. There's the church. There's mm-hmm. the ministry. Again, we're looking at these, these beliefs that are foundational. And my hope would be this, like if I were to give you a hope slash prayer, Again, we we do this with intentions in mind. Mm -hmm. It's that someone would go through this next seven weeks, and at the end of the day, they would go, I'm in. I get it. Sign me up. I get it. I can sign up for that. I might have more questions along the way, Mm -hmm. but I can sign up for that. And I want to say, welcome to the family of God. That's what I want to say to you. (laughs) And
0: Mitch, Mitch, you say it best, uh, and I'll just steal your words here. But, um, you know, it's like in a world that is full of zero clarity – we want to bring clarity in the noise and all the movers and shakers out there. We want to, we want to, we want to bring clarity about what the Christian faith is, and then we'll go even deeper, like we already have some with our, uh, you know, baptism podcast and and communion podcast. But we'll we'll go even deeper into that. So, uh, like I said, join the Foundations course, uh, go through and and. Just go to Google and save the Apostles' Creed on your phone. You, yeah. know, you always go back to just kind of the creed. It's at the base of who we are.
1: Well, Conversationswithchristians.com slash sign up. Yep. I and mean, you can find it in Instagram. That's where most of our stuff is. Yep. Um, any of our personal pages. But com slash sign up. And you can start taking the class as soon as you want. As yep. soon as you hear this, we're yep. ready to rock, man. Yep. And, we'll, again, we'll start doing longer version podcasts after this based off the the subject in the video. So if you're someone that you're like, I want a little bit more content than what you gave me. We'll give you more. um, We hope that you get it within the context of conversations with other believers. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have the discussion amongst us that we would have if we were
0: covering that material. That's exactly right. So. Uh, So this is the Conversations with Christian podcast. Thank you for tuning in.